frustrating. At times, trying to live a healthy Christian life is deeply frustrating. We're going to talk about that and address that frustration through the course of this message. In the book of Ephesians, Paul writes some very interesting things in regards to this. He begins in chapter 1 by writing this. He says, And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And so he's saying, listen, when you recognize that you've done sinful things, that you're alienated from God who is perfect and holy, that there's nothing you can do to compensate for that, to fix that, that it's only based on what Christ did for you on the cross, as we've been singing about and as we've been hearing about, when you make that decision to commit your life to Christ in that way, you are marked with a seal, the seal of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is deposited into your life. But then, interestingly enough, later in the same book, in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 5, he then writes this. Listen to what he says. In verse 17 and 18 of chapter 5, he says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. In other words, what he's about to say is something that is for every person who's a follower of Christ, without exception. It's very rare in Scripture where the wording, this is what God's will is. In other words, Paul wants to make it very clear, this is to be part of the life of every biblical believer and follower of Christ. Therefore, do not be foolish, he writes, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So when you first read this, it's confusing. Because chapter 1 of the book of Ephesians says, at salvation you receive the deposit of the Holy Spirit into your life. So then why does he say later in the same book, in chapter 5, you need to be filled with the Spirit? In fact, the best translation of verse 18 would be, keep on being filled with the Spirit. How does this work? Well, Paul is pointing out an absolutely crucial element of the Christian life. Living and walking in the ongoing empowerment of the fullness of the Spirit. The will of God for every Christian, without exception. This is so important, I'm going to say it again. Paul is saying living and walking in the ongoing empowerment of the fullness of the Spirit is the will of God for every Christian. And the very life of Christ is a full-blown illustration of this. Listen carefully to what I'm about to say. Jesus didn't do what he did because he was and continues to be fully God. 
He did what he did, being led by God, leading a holy life, and a life of effective service because he was the spirit-filled God-man. He didn't do these things because he was God. He did, even though he remained God, fully God, he did them because he was the spirit-filled God-man. And we see this amply illustrated in Scripture. Let me walk you quickly through some of the verses that talks to us about how Jesus is an illustration of what Paul is saying is the will of God for every biblical believer. In Matthew chapter 3, 16 and 17, it says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. This is one of the reasons we immerse people under the water, like you saw Pastor Aaron do, because Jesus, in a place where there was very limited water, they found places where they could immerse someone, and they came up out of the water. At that moment, the passage says, heaven was open, and he saw the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. The next verse in chapter 4 of Matthew says, Then Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus led by the Holy Spirit after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 10, it says this, At that time Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. When a person is filled with the Spirit of God, it affects your worship life. It takes on a greater depth, a greater expression, as it did in the life of Christ, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 10, speaking again about the life of Jesus, it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Jesus ministered with the spiritual gifts because he was the Spirit-filled God-man. He had power to serve because he was the Spirit-filled God-man. And so his life was a full-blown illustration of being filled and walking in the power of the Spirit. And this, he says, will be for you, my followers, as well, if you'll receive it. He talks about this in the book of John. He says in John chapter 14, And I will ask the Father, Jesus speaking, and he will give you another counselor, which is uh, an expression of one of the things the Spirit of God does, one of his names. And he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. A second expression of what the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, is about, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. Then two chapters later in chapter 16, Jesus says this, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, a third role of the Holy Spirit, the advocate on our behalf won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Then in Acts chapter 1, 
verses 4 and 5, we see the fulfillment of Jesus, something Jesus says in Luke chapter 24, where he tells them to hang out in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit, it says in verse 49, until the Holy Spirit comes upon you in power. And so it says in Acts 1, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised back in Luke chapter 24. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then later in the same text, in verse 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in your hometown, in Judea, in your home province, and in Samaria, in the surrounding provinces, and to the uttermost ends of the earth. And then in Acts chapter 2, this fulfillment of what Jesus has been prophesying about takes place. Prior to this, all through the Old Testament era and in the intertestamental period, there's a 400-year gap between the Old Testament time and the New Testament time. Nicky Gumbel expresses the filling of the Spirit, and I think it's very accurate Theologically, he says the spirit in the Old Testament era came upon particular people at particular times for particular reasons. But seated in the book of Joel is a prophetic word that says one day the spirit will be poured out, not just on particular people at particular times and in particular ways. One day the Spirit will be poured out and available for every follower of Christ. And we see this prophecy fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 when they are filled with the Spirit and the Spirit is poured out available for every follower of Christ. What will this look like in your life? What's the end game? What's the end result of some of the things that take place? We've already said it will impact the way you worship. But Paul writing in the book of Galatians says, and here's where we're going to talk about this frustration that we can have in trying to live a healthy Christian life that exalts Jesus. When we try to do this in our own strength, it's just frustrating. Because we were never created to try and do this stuff in our own strength. And so Paul says this. He says, live by the Spirit. Live by the Holy Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. This is the frustration. We're going, I want to live a holy life. I want to live a life of effective service. But I can't seem to do it. As hard as I try. And, of course, the reality is, is you weren't supposed to do it in your own strength. So he says, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, to the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. When a person steps into the Spirit-filled life, and continues to walk in the Spirit-filled life. It then says in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, in other words, that which comes as a result of being filled with the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and it's written in the singular on purpose, there's nine elements to the fruit of the Spirit, Paul says. And so it's not just like you're going to get one, two, and three of the nine. 
when you're filled with the Spirit, these nine elements will begin to increasingly be seen in your life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, Paul writes, there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Power to be led by God, power to live a holy life, power to live a life of effective service. How do I step into the Spirit-filled life and then continue to walk day by day in the Spirit. The Old Testament talks about this. We're going to start in the Old Testament, and then we'll talk about it in the New. The way it's portrayed in the Old Testament, there's three Hebrew words in the Old Testament. The first word means to be separated from. If I want to walk in the fullness of the Spirit, I need to have a willingness to be separated from. But we can't just be separated from the, the things that are of the sinful nature because that creates a vacuum. The second Hebrew word says not only separated from, but yielded to. There's this desire to be yielded to Him. And then the third Hebrew word tells us we are to be filled. And one of the images is that of oil being poured over a person's hair, head, if you had hair like I don't, and, and it runs all down your head, and if you're a male, through your beard, if you have a beard, which they did back then, and for women, just down their face and on their clothes, and there's this image of being filled, separated from, yielded to, and filled. And then Paul talks about it. And if you have your Bible or your device, if you haven't already, turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Let me read a few verses from there as Paul is going to talk about being filled with the Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 8, he says this. This verse really capsulizes the entire Christian life in one verse. It says, once you were darkness... In other words, there was a time in your life before you came to Christ, before you bowed the knee, in a sense, to Jesus, where you were in darkness. You were a pre-Christian. Now you are a child of the light, the verse says. In other words, there's a time in your life where you make the decision to give your life to Jesus. Once you were darkness, now you are a child of the light. Live as a child of the light should. Grow in your relationship with him. Become a disciple who points others to Jesus and helps them on the journey of becoming a disciple of Christ. And then in the verses after that, he goes on to describe what looking like living like a child of the light looks like. And then in verse 15, he says, okay, here's how this takes place in your life. In chapter 5, verse 15, it says this, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. 
Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. God's will for every follower of Christ <coughs> is to not be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. As he writes this in verse 18, he's referencing back, and I know I'm jumping around a bit. I hope you're following me. He's referencing back to Acts chapter 2 when the Spirit was first poured out, when they were filled with the Spirit. Because God did such interesting and unusual things in them, some of the people thought these guys were drunk. And Peter said, not a chance. We haven't touched a drop of alcohol. We are filled with the Spirit. Paul picks up this image in chapter 5. He says, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to be debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Think about this with me. When we say someone is drunk, what is one of the ways we talk about it? We say they are under the influence. Something else is controlling them when they've had too much alcohol. And it's the power of the alcohol and the effect on their system. And what happens when we drink too much and are under the influence is we begin to talk differently, we begin to think differently, and we begin to behave differently. Different thoughts, different words, different behavior. And when you're drunk, when you've had too much alcohol, Paul says this leads inevitably to debauchery. And he describes what that debauchery looks like in the preceding verses between 8 and 18. Don't be under that influence, he says very clearly. Instead, be under the influence. In fact, it's God's will, he says, for every biblical believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Under the Holy Spirit's influence, you will think differently, you will talk differently, and you will behave differently. And that kind of influence reflects the very life of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And people will look at you and they will say, there's something different about that person. I can't quite put my finger on it. There's something different. There's something, in some cases at least, they will say quite attractive about that. Live by the Spirit, Paul says. Keep in step with the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Live in the fullness of the Spirit. As I said earlier, the most literal translation of verse 18 is it's written in a tense of the verb in the Greek that says something is to happen and then keep on happening. When a person comes to Christ and gives their life to Christ, it's written, though in those cases, in a tense of the verb of something that happens and then has long-term effect for all eternity. Happens once, has long-term effect. But when we talk about being filled with the Spirit, it's an ongoing, regular thing. And of course, we see this illustrated amply in Scripture. In the book of Acts, there are six different times that the Spirit is poured out. The first one I've already referenced in Acts chapter 2. The same group of people are then filled with the Spirit again in Acts chapter 4, verse 8. The same group of people are then filled with the Spirit again in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Paul is filled with the Spirit for the first time in Acts chapter 9. And then again 
to illustrate this in Acts chapter 13. When we come to Christ, it happens once, has long-term effect. The filling of the Spirit is something that comes regularly, daily. And we receive the power to live a life that's led by God that reflects Him well and a life of, a, of effective service. It's a progressive work in our life. That's why he says at the end of verse 8, now live as a child of the light should because it's an ongoing progressive thing. Avoid that frustration of trying to live as a child of the light in your own strength. It's just a frustrating way to go through life. Many of you know that I came to Christ when I was just about 11 years of age. Throughout the teenage years, I knew at least conceptually about the filling of the Spirit, but I knew at the same time I needed to utterly yield my life. And I was stubborn. And so it wasn't until I was 20 years of age that I first entered into the Spirit-filled life. My friend Brent Farquhar sat down with me we talked this through. He prayed for me. I prayed. And I, for the first time in my life, entered the spirit-filled life. And there's times in my life where I go off the rails, but basically every day, I say, this is your day, Lord. Words to this effect. This is your day, Lord, not mine. You're in charge. I give my life to you this day. I know that there's going to be things that come my way. There's no way in my strength I can meet those challenges. Would you fill me with your spirit? Would you empower me to live in a way that honors you, where you get the credit, where you get the glory? And may the fruit of the spirit be exhibited in my life. May the spiritual gifts, notice I said gifts, that's because there's many gifts Everybody gets at least one, if not more. May the gifts that you've seeded in my life be at work in and through my life. As I was driving here this morning, I was praying with Debbie. I'd invited the Spirit of God to fill me. As I was singing here up at the front, part of the time I just stopped and I said, Lord, I just yield my life to you now. And I understand if I try to do this talk in my strength, Nothing will take place. But if you would fill me, and I invite you to fill me, would you speak to lives? Would you anoint my lips? Would you speak through me? Would you invite people into the normal Christian life with me? I invite you not to live a frustrated life. We don't have to live a spiritless life. But as Paul says, a spirit-filled life, filled with the ruah, the pneuma, the wind of the spirit, a dynamic breath of God. And when the spirit fills you, he touches you, he guides you, he convicts you of sin, he leads you to truth, he empowers you, he lives through you, he intercedes for you, it says in Romans chapter 8. He gives you spiritual gifts to serve God in his church and in the world. As I said before, in the words of Watchman Nee, this is the normal 
Christian life. Billy Graham, I've said this to you before, Billy Graham said, I pray to be filled with the Spirit every day because I leak. So how do I do this? There has to be a readiness. This is the first thing. And this is often the hardest part of the whole thing. Where I come to realize I am deeply frustrated because I want to live a life, a holy life, a life of service. But I just, I can't live as a child of light should in my own strength. And so there, there's this longing, there's this hunger for more, there's this posture of wanting to receive. I become aware of what is available and I long for that power from on high. And so this is a really key question. Do I really want him to be Lord of my life? You know, we sing this stuff, we say this stuff, but do we really mean it in practical terms where he sets the agenda of our life? And it can be uncomfortable at times, I'm going to warn you. It can be scary because he asks us to do things I can't do that, and certainly you can't, but he can do it through you. And we find ourselves, we are deeply proud people, and we want in our own little minds to say, I can manufacture a reasonable facsimile of what living the Christian life should look like. And so the question really at the heart of this is, am I ready to have him as absolute Lord of my life? Secondly, there's the idea of repenting. So when we come to faith, um, we repent of our sin. He forgives us positionally. We're, we're cleansed. We're, we're seen actually as, as holy because of Christ. But again, we live life progressively. And so if there's been an area of our life where he specifically pointed us out to us, where we haven't yielded or repented or asked for cleansing and forgiveness, this is a barrier in our relationship with God. It doesn't negate relationship, but it's a barrier. And so in order to receive all that he wants to give us, we say, yeah, I did do that. And I'm, I'm going to own my stuff. And I'm going to ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. I've never been willing to do that up until this point. Then we ask. It says in Romans chapter 12, present your bodies as living sacrifices. This is your acceptable act of worship. Luke chapter 11, Jesus says this. He says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Then you simply receive. A.B. Simpson, the guy that God used to start our family of churches that extend all around the world, he wrote this, being filled with the Spirit is as easy as breathing. You simply breathe out and then you breathe in. Reminiscent of those Old Testament Hebrew words, I'm separated from, I'm dedicated to, and I'm filled. And then we walk in the Spirit every day, multiple fillings. It says in the book of Amos, do two agree to walk, walk together do two walk together unless they agree to do so? And so I just daily give the agenda of my day to him. Daily admit I need his empowerment to truly live for Christ. 
Would you fill me and use me today? I'd like to pray with you. I'm going to invite you to just bow your heads. Father, I can imagine, because I think about my own life, just the level of frustration some people have in this room. Because deep in their heart, they really do want to live for you. They really do want to see some of these things they read in the Bible at work in their life in a way that brings honor to you, but they're frustrated because they, they can't do it in their own strength. And, and this, is, this is just a legit thing, Father, and there's a hunger that they have for more. I pray for them, Father, that they would yield their life like we've talked about biblically this morning. That they would just say, I want to walk with you. I want to walk in the, in, in the infilling of your spirit. I pray for those that are hurting here this morning that the Holy Spirit may be the paraclete, the one who comes along beside them. I pray for those that are here that are not serving and not using the gifts that you've seated in their life, that they would be convicted of that, to use their gifts in the church and in the world as we are all called to do. I pray that they would do it in a yielded way, in a way that they are filled with your spirit. I pray that you would fill me, that you would fill this group, that they would be willing to receive all that you have for them in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.